This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results and on this beautiful weekend coming up here for Memorial Day, I also have with me the one and only, the man with all the money over at Presidential Bank, Mr. Terry Kernan. Hey buddy, how are you doing? Good, how are you? All righty, here we go. You getting ready? Yeah, so we do want to let everybody know this is uh, taping right before... Uh, you know, the weekend and all that stuff like that. So we're going to get right on into it. Um, Terry, I'm going to do the numbers really fast here, and then we're going to get into the hot topic, the hottest subject going on in the land of the USA. How's that? Absolutely. All right. Active resales right now, Terry. Guess what number that might be? Take a wild guess. Uh, active resales. Yeah. How many homes are for sale on the market? Total uh, getting ready. 250. Almost 268. 268. Well, that's yeah, good. It's not bad. Not bad. No. 268. 156 resales and an average time of 29 days in the market. Remember, I told you that number was going to come down as buyer demand stays up? Yeah. Yeah, we hit like 51 or 52 days as uh, for like two seconds, and then we went back in the 40s for quite a bit. Then we were in the 30s, and we just went under 30 days for the first time in a long, good while, 29 days. Um, we are still seeing about 60 to 70% of homes have bidding wars, you know? Yes. Uh, prices just going skyrocket high, high to the moon. 535 is the average, uh, the median sale price right now. So we broke that 500 like a year ago, and we're at 535. And that does take into single-family homes. That does take into the new ones and existing ones as well. Um, the new ones, the average is upwards of like six, about 100,000 more, like 635, 640 okay. is the average resale, I mean, the average brand-new home. New construction, 112. So we're staying right around that number there. Yeah, just above 100, which is where it's been hanging. Yeah, hanging. And then coming soon, 59. So that's down slightly. And I'm going to probably say, Terry, that it won't. It, it's there's a good chance that number is going to come down a little bit as we enter into June and July. My prediction is we'll stay in the 50s for the most part. And then once school gets going in August, we'll probably be down maybe even below 50. Who knows? Anything can happen out there. All right, pending under contracts, 575, 193 brand-new builds, 382 resales. This is the number that's shocking right now. Okay. This this one's going to shock you. In the last 30 days, um, sold 326 homes. That's it, huh? That's it. We're down about 50%. Uh, we're normally running at this time. In uh, May into June, we would normally have about 700 sales in the county. So we're yeah, that's about like a 50%. December, November, December number. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 326 is a November, December settlement number, and we're getting those in the end of May. So that's just like for the whole month of May pretty much now. The average time of those is 17 days on the market. Um, and so that's what's causing that 29 average uh, resale that number there, <clears throat> Terry, is, is still the same as it was a year or two ago, a lot. Um, it's either you sell your home. I just had one in Hagerstown. We had like eight showings, not a ton, but we had eight showings, and we got an offer 10000 above asking price within five days. And so we're even seeing that in Hagerstown, which is really, really good, okay? Um, sold to list price ratio is 100.9%. So that is what is giving us that proof that we're still seeing quite a few offers. 
go above. Yep. Not seeing 30 and 40 and 50,000 above asking, but we are seeing like 10 or whatever. What are you seeing in that world with that above asking price? What are you sort of seeing people are willing to do right now? Well, I, I think a lot of it is the the realtor base that is handling the listings. Uh, they're pricing it below where yep. they know it's going to wind up. So, so I'm going to give an example. Uh, I had one that was uh, a 780 sales price, list price. And I called the agent and I said, um, I've got clients that are putting a contract in. My guess is you priced it aggressively. And he said, isn't that our job to price it below where we think it's going to come in and create a feeding frenzy? And I said, I, I guess. But <laughs> so, so I think we're seeing, and, and the house wound up selling for uh, almost $100,000 more. Okay. Woo! Beautiful house, great neighborhood. But, and that was in 780 list price. But, but wow. let's talk about that is, that's what I'm seeing all across the board is the houses that, um, they're being listed aggressively because there's a lot of there's a lot of lot of people vying for that one house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so the supply is not there. It's like I went fishing last Monday uh, on the Chesapeake Bay, chartered a boat, had an awesome, awesome time, great captain, but we didn't catch a single fish. And and that's because the supply in the bay is way, way down. Wow. So, I'll say. so yes. So the housing market is kind of similar where the supply is way, way down. So anything that is out there, any fish that are out there, there are a lot of people trying to catch that one fish. Okay. <laughs> there you go. And basically that's what I'm seeing. So yes, it is definitely it's definitely a feeding frenzy when it's coming to a well priced home. And I think people are getting more money on an eight hundred thousand dollar house. It's winding at eight twenty-five or whatever, because they're pricing it at seven seventy-five or whatever the case. So that's that is real, and I'm seeing it on every deal. There you go. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. Real fast, Terry. I wanted to go back just for one moment for our listeners, and we want to thank everybody for tuning in and making sure you subscribe, like our feed, my stuff, and and our Frederick Real Estate update and on W. Uh, WFMD, 9.30 a.m. Make sure you go in the drop-down because, Terry, this is show number 307. So here we go. Um, so here we go. Mm -hmm. December. Last year, at the end of last year, we had 379 homes on the market. Trickled all the way down to 324 by the time we hit the beginning of February. And then all of a sudden, it just dropped in the second week of February down to 285. And then we hung there, got down in March into the 251, 238, 254. is bouncing around. April was 242 in the beginning of April. And by the end of April, we were at 254. So we stayed in that 250. And then all through May now, 261 down to 250. And so it just seems like that number, that whole thing, nothing has really gone. Uh, we broke the 300 and got below on February the 25th, we got to 295, and we've never gone above 300 cents. So my prediction, here's my prediction. When's the next time we're going to see the actives go above 300? I don't think we'll see that until September. Okay. All right, so that's my guess on that. All right, hot topic. Are you ready to tackle this thing? This is a big one. Huge hot topic coming on strong, Terry. What in the world is going on with interest rates? 
Well, um, if you're in our business, the mortgage business, as everybody knows, if you're in our business, you're not real popular right now with the spreading of the news of what's going on. So here's what we're seeing, okay? Rates have the ability and have the cushion once they settle down to drift down, okay? That is not happening. So why is it not happening? And part of it is the basic uh, situation going on with the, the with the U.S. debt ceiling, okay? And the reason we are taping on Thursday, and so I don't want to sound like I missed the boat because here's what's happening. We have to raise the debt ceiling. Everybody knows we have to raise the debt ceiling by June 1st. If it doesn't get raised on June 1st and they don't extend it for a week or two weeks, then basically we have to stop spending money as a country. Okay, so let me explain real quickly that <laughs> that there's a lot of volatility because of all the grandstanding and jockeying going back and forth and all the discussions that they're all working. Kevin McCarthy's leading the charge on the Republican side. President Biden's leading the charge on the Democratic side. And they their job is to pull together and get it together. So let me just just so everybody understands what the national debt is. The national debt is the amount of money that the government has borrowed to cover the outstanding balance of expenses incurred, right? Okay, yeah. So, so in layman's term, and simple as it gets, is the national debt is similar to my personal credit card balance, okay, and your personal credit card balance. It is basically the money that we have put on a credit card that we're not paying off each month. And that, that is continuing to grow. So the first question is, when? how long have we had a national debt? When do you think? Uh, when did it start? Yep. If I remember right, I believe it was about when I was born. I think it was in the early 70s. I was born in 71, so I'm going to just stick with my birthday. Ever since I've been alive 51 years, uh, we've had a problem with spending in our country and all that. So what's the year? So, so the national debt actually started in 76. Oh, 76. So I was five years 1776. old. 1776. Oh, oh, man, I thought I was five <laughs> so years old. We're doing good. 1776, in the foundation of our country, it started. Yes. So, wow. So, we were spending more than it came in from the get-go. So guess what our national debt was in that period of time? And, and granted, the reason it was... We had national debt is we declared our independence from England, but yeah. we had no money. So we had to do what? Go <laughs> get backers. Go, go get backers. Go into debt. The French going. backed us. That's and also right. you had um, private investors backing the, the this new government. Guess what our debt was back in 17, late 1770s? Well, I was going to say $10 million. $75 million. $75 million we That's were in debt. That's a ton of money Woo. in 1776. Yeah. Okay. We had no GDP, right? Gross domestic product, which basically is. So, so the next show I'm going to do a little more in depth. I want to talk about what the debt is, why it's important. But basically, we have this credit card that has gotten out of control, and and they keep wanting to raise the limit. So, what they're trying to do is they're trying to call American Express, they're trying to call Visa, and they're trying to say, hey. Um, I know we're at our limit, but we need to increase our spending ability so we can go after that number next. Here's the danger. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, 
Okay. So let's talk about recently. So after the crash in 2008, our debt was at $10 trillion. Okay. Okay. Today, it's at $31.4 trillion. And you say, wow, that's unbelievable. So it went from $75 million to $10 trillion in 250 years or 240 years. Then we take a look at it and we say, okay, well, what about 2020? Okay, that's obviously the pandemic. In early 2020, the first quarter, going into the pandemic, our national debt was $23.2 trillion. Okay, that's a tremendous amount of money. 2016, election year, right? Mm -hmm. So we always, I always look at election years and kind of see how each guy's handling or girl is handling the debt, each president. So 2016, debt was at 19.38%. So from 2010 to 2016, we were recovering from the fallout. It went up to 19.38%. 2020, four years later. 19.3 trillion. Trillion. Yep, okay. 23.2 in 2020. Wow. January of 2021. Yep. Okay. Basically one year later, it went up to $28.1 trillion. So you can see what happened during the pandemic, okay? Mm -hmm. It just skyrocketed, and now we're at 31.4, and we've got to go higher. So the next show, I want to talk about the national debt, because now that I've given people numbers to think about yeah. and, and think about and how important the national debt is, is I'm going to tell you how bad we compare to other countries. Now, who has the highest national debt? Of any country, it's us, but it's offset by our GDP. So that's a whole nother segment that I'll talk about next week is the GDP, how it offsets. So we're not the worst country in trouble. Right, right. In 1776, we were the worst country in trouble <laughs> yeah. because we had 75 million we had to account for. Right. So did that kind of yeah. help you out or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big question, I guess, listeners and buyers and everybody wants to know with there's a lot of things that this whole national debt thing. But the big thing is with interest rates going back up a little bit, why knowing that there's a there's I don't even know if there's ever been a time where the national debt ceiling didn't get approved to go up or whatever, knowing that's going to happen to whatever degree to keep functioning and going forward. How? What are your predictions? How does that affect interest rates? And what do you think? Is this something like once this gets, I think somebody's going to ask us, Terry, once this gets done in the next day or two or an extension by a week or whatever it is, which has happened before, by the way, extension, mm -hmm. when this gets ironed out and everybody comes to an agreement and both parties and everybody and everybody and they're all mad, everybody's not happy at the end of the day probably. But when this gets settled and done, what is... What's going to happen with interest rates typically? Have we seen this in the past where rates have gone up a half a percent or a whole percent because of this issue? And then the minute this gets settled, boom, we're going to see rates. What is it today? Almost 7%? It's it's like it's, six and three quarters yeah, to seven? Yeah, six and a half, six and three quarters okay. is what we're taking a look at. They're going towards seven. And is this going to go down, though? That's what everyone wants to know. Will this go down in a week? So, so rates rarely, rarely, rarely go up 
when there's a tremendous amount of volatility in the market. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Very hard to to have rates come down when it's volatile. Right now, we have a lot of volatility. You know, you were seeing huge gains in your stock portfolios, right? That's all dissipated. That's all not dissipated. I'm sorry. That's all been reduced over the last week. So people are panicking a little bit because of this. The other thing that that people are looking at and panicking about is the Federal Reserve came out and one of the governors, and I forgot who, I don't want to, uh, but he said, I would be okay with raising rates again in June. Well, they came out three weeks ago and said, hey, we're going to hold off raising interest rates. Everybody felt good. What happened when the volatility left? Yep. Rates came down. Right. Okay. So as long as the market's volatile, you can guarantee one thing, that rates are probably going up. Now, where are rates going? There are predictions, and I feel that this is a distinct possibility, is the first and second week of June, the debt ceiling will be worked out, hopefully, and um, and we will also have numbers to support that inflation is still on a slightly downward trend. So those two things are going to cause stability in the market. And when we see stability, rates are going to soften and they're going to come down. Okay. Okay. So my prediction is that by so uh, I had I had a loan officer today saying I am trying to talk to somebody and rates are going up and they're panicking. What do I tell them? And I said if I was buying today, yeah. If I signed a contract today, and I was settling July first, I would not even look at locking in until June seventeenth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would not and this is me personally. Yeah, that's what I, I would want. not I would not look at locking in. I wouldn't even look at rates till June seventeenth. And then I would accept at what that point what it is because I believe that there's a lot of room for rates to come down. Yeah. And I believe that 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 they are gonna come down. That's what people want to know. There's a better chance that rates after this clears is settling down. There's a better chance they're gonna go down than go up. That's the key overall, right? Right. But if somebody calls me in three weeks and said, I took your advice. Yeah, right. Where did and we, I, I'm, I'm just saying disclaimer. what I would do. Yeah. If it was me, if yep. I bought a house today, I wouldn't look at rates until June 17th. Yeah, we definitely would always put a disclaimer out. Terry, you and I, we don't have a crystal ball. No one does. But we do follow a lot of trends. We do see a lot of things. And we're in this every single day. And it's almost like, you know, we're not the Jim Cramer's like, oh, my goodness. But we, but there's a good chance, and so therefore, I mean, to see rates go to seven or seven and a half, and just keep, you know, going up and up and up and up is is very very slim. But we don't know, but that's very slim. Just remember that no matter what you lock in today, or what you lock in on June 18th or June 19th, yep. you are most likely yes. going to refi within 24 months after you lock in. So. People shouldn't be as worried about what the rate is today or what the rate is on June 20th or 24th or 23rd, whatever the case may be. People should be worried about how much money they're taking out of their pocket to buy the rates down. Now, it doesn't make sense to buy rates down if you know that you're going to be out of the house or refinance in the next five years paying points and paying a lot of points does not make sense to do there you go that's huge that's really big advice right there all right we're good
I'm all good. right. Do, unless you awesome. want me to keep rambling, I've got. <laughs> That's all good. I just, I just, man, it's just so. It just seems like the dynamics of everything. It's almost like we're on the edge of our seat, even as real estate agents, about like, okay, um, we've been on this roller coaster. We're getting used to it. We kind of like. We thought we thought the whole multi-offer thing, tons of offers, was going to totally stop. We were going to get back to total normalcy where it was like, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like the buyers we're working with, you have plenty of time to think about the house, put an offer, and you got three days. Get back to me in three days. Go get a drink. No, that's still not happening. The normal stuff that we're kind of really wanting to happen is not really happening. And so... It leads me into a big thing that I've I've heard people asking me over time. They say, you know, Darren, uh, especially with brand new builds, why do we need a real estate agent to represent us? What do you really, really do for us? Terry, I haven't covered this in a long, long time. I've covered it on the sales side. It's a lot more prevalent on the selling a home is really huge. Almost 98 or 97, 98% of all people use a real estate agent like myself to sell a house, only about 2% are for sale by owners. And that number, by the way, Terry, is continuing going down, 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 down um, every year that, that happens. And um, and that's because it's it's getting more complex. It's getting trickier to negotiate. Um, there's a lot more legal stuff involved than ever before. People are starting to really understand Holy cow, you're worth what you get paid to help me out here. This is really, really getting crazier and crazier by the minute. It's more complex. So on the sales side, that's easy. But on the buy side, it's not like that at all. We're finding more and more people not understanding agency, not understanding the um, benefit of having a real estate agent represent you with a purchase, and, and not understanding that, like, oh, yeah, that's right. The seller is paying the commission, like, unless it's, uh, for sale by owner or a bank or this or that or something extenuating circumstances where you deserve to get paid and who's paying that. And people are starting to realize, especially with brand new builds right now, wow, I could have had you represent me and I wouldn't have had all the stress and the headaches. When it comes time to a brand new build, Terry, the first thing I want to talk about with this with representation is really, I've talked about it a little bit before, but this is really, really a key thing, Okay. Builders don't mind us being involved at all. They really don't. But you have to understand when you when you go to buy a brand new build, okay, people have to understand that that salesperson represents the builder, not you. That's the first thing. Without me saying any more, that should be enough right there for the average person to say, ooh, I want a real estate agent, a third party. I want a realtor. I want somebody different. I want representation. The second big thing you have to understand is a new home build takes, what, nine to ten months on an average? We always used to say six or seven, but we don't like to do that unless it's a spec home that's already up in the air and it's already got the walls in and it's getting going. That's a whole exception to the rule. But the average time is seven, eight, nine months on an average, sometimes ten. And if you're going pure custom on a lot that's not a builder already in place, and we're starting from ground zero, which, by the way, I have a client. They're going to be calling you. They want to put an offer on a lot. That, I told them one year. I just said, look, by the time we get through, holy cow, the amount of details with that world is even more intense and more involved. But just as a regular home sale, um, brand new build, okay, it's it's going to take double the work for us. And I don't mind telling people that. It doesn't hurt my feelings. doesn't get me all upset and riled up. 
that it takes double the amount of work, but it's it's the same or less pay in some cases. But it's really, 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 really important that a buyer understands with a brand new home build, it's good to have me involved. It really is huge. I could give you probably 50 past clients that have helped build a brand new home. And I'm pretty sure every single one of them would say, yeah, without Darren, we would have made guarantee mistakes more than that. There would have been mistakes. There would have been stuff with picking things out with understanding the dynamics of stuff that needs permitting later that we would try to save money with, that that's going to cause you more money later, not just because it's later, but because there's more hoops and permitting to jump through. What are the items now to deal with? What are the things to deal with later on? That's not such a big deal if you're trying to stay in a tight budget with brand new construction. So the builders, they don't mind us being involved. They actually welcome it. It's not a problem. But we find too often that people don't know, Terry, that – Oh, I can have a real estate agent involved representing me. I didn't think I should have had one, or I didn't know I even could. I hear that a lot. And by the time somebody and a consumer gets like into the weeds with building a new home, that's when the subject comes up. That's when they go, man, this is really complex, really overwhelming. There's a lot of steps involved that with a resale house, we're not picking out where you stick in recess lighting. Are you putting surround sound in? How many outlets do you want? What about this? What about that? There are a gazillion things to think through in that first couple weeks that is so absolutely intense. And then not to mention all the deadlines. The biggest thing, Terry, are the deadlines where somebody doesn't know or they forget because they don't have representation that if you go past certain deadline dates, you can't come back and go, you know what? I want a different color for my granite countertops or quartz countertops, or I now want to add this in, or I want to do that. If there's any change orders that need to be made, that can cost five, ten, twenty thousand dollars just like that. And a lot of buyers have no idea. And then they're like, well, I don't want to pay that. Well, that's how the builder works. So the rules of engagement's really important in that. Next week, guys, we are going to totally dive right on into um, representation of all the things that I do as a buyer agent. That is so key to keep everybody on track and why it is so important, Terry. And that's going to deal with, we got about 20 seconds. That's going to deal with everything from location, the comparables, negotiating, pricing, so many things involved that eats up about 40 hours of the average transaction. And that's what uh, that's what we get paid to do, to make sure everybody walks away really happy and excited. So, hey, guys, have a great, great weekend. Take care. We will see you next week on your Frederick Real Estate Update. Happy and buying its own. All right. Thank you. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at 
Kernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.